Welcome back to a Love Like This podcast. We are so glad you are here. Join us as we share the stories, memories, and messages that help shape not just our lives, but the lives of our incredible guests. In this limited series, we wanted to invite our friends and family who are all secretly incredible to share their stories, life lessons, and advice. We hope that you, the person listening to this, would be encouraged by everything these amazing people have to say. Let this be a reminder that there are people right now, right beside you with stories, wisdom, and knowledge. Pull up a chair, grab a coffee, and welcome to our neighborhood. Howdy folks, I hope you're not sick of hearing my voice yet. I know I've hosted a couple of episodes in a row now, but don't freak out, the twins will be back on air before you know it. Today I'm joined with not just one of the most qualified physiotherapists I know, but also one of the most sincere and honest people in my neighborhood, Mr. Andy Padrana. I met Andy quite a few years ago and we immediately hit it off. Today we chat about how you can manifest and change your own definition of success, Andy's journey in finding his own sense of faith and purpose, life-changing habits, and some overall quality book club banter. Enjoy and take care. Well, uh, Mr. Andy Padrana, what up? Thank you very much for taking the time to, to have a chat with me. We've been chatting most of the day, to be honest with you. And we finally <laughs> decided to press record and get some microphones so in front of us. For the four people at home, they've missed out on so much content, and <laughs> now we're going to talk about some other stuff. Exactly, but I think we'll, we'll touch on a couple of things we spoke about off air. But aside from being probably the most qualified and interesting physio I know, you are also someone who I think is very engaged in in living a very purpose driven life and. I think from the moment I first met you, I, I just appreciated who you kind of were as a person. And it was the reason why I said, you know what, neighborhood series, I got to have Andy man, on. Thank you, you so know? much. I appreciate that, man. Of course, dude. So um, we're going to start off pretty hot. Do you want to tell our audience a little bit um about who you are, what you're doing? Oh yeah, sure. I guess so. So everyone at home. Hi, my name is Andy. I'm a physiotherapist. I'm one of the seniors at a clinic called Proform Physiotherapy. It's located primarily in Bella Vista. Um, I guess, I guess a little bit about me. I was always that kid in high school who was very, very sporty. Um, I grew up between a very, very athletic brother and a very, very studious sister. Um, and I was sort of the byproduct in the in-between, in-between. So I, so I was the mix. So I was a little bit, I guess I, I was a little bit sporty, but not as active as my brother. And I was studious enough, but I wasn't as dominant as my sister. So you're your parents' favorite, right? Oh, well, so they say, but I guess I'm yet to say it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but it's, um, like, so, it, so that's sort of where I ended up, um, I got into, I guess it was, it was quite funny because I think like before I got into physiotherapy, I was going to be a teacher. Wow. You know, I didn't I was, know that. I was going to be a history teacher. Wow. So, um, and I think before that I was going to, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I think I was going to be a tradesperson of some description. I didn't know what I was doing. And um, so I, I finally geared myself into teaching and then found myself doing, um, I was doing some work for the Parramatta Catholic school group. Like I was like sort of just doing like first aid work at soccer gala days and things like this and that prompted me down like the the sport and exercise pathway, and then the I guess the um the transition from that was straight into physio. Yeah, I love it. I think it's important to note for like everyone listening who isn't from our kind of area, like Proforms. I'm going to use special as an adjective. You know, you're not like other physio clinics because from what you know, our discussions we've had and with Buzz, um, you know, the other co-owner um, Buzz. is that you know you guys care so much about your clients, not just from a oh, get get well soon physically perspective, but from a, how you're living your life. I want to make sure you're happy perspective, you know? And I thought that was really cool to see because you meet so many people in the medical field and it's just, all right, here's your treatment, walk away, come back next time you hurt yourself. But you guys just are so involved and so caring towards your clients. So, you know, I just have to commend you guys on Thank that. Thank you, man. It, it's, it's an important thing. Cause I mean, I mean, to, to tell you another little story, I mean, like we, that's how we got brought up treating, you know, like I think 
the the Western, I guess we call it biomedical model, is like largely centered on specialization, and I guess and people get kudos and props for their specialization, and that's not to to sandbag that because it's really really important. Um, but what it does, it sort of like silos like the knowledge base. Okay, so if you got an issue with your foot, you go and see a podiatrist. If you got an issue with the back, you see a chiropractor. If you need a surgery, you go to an orthopedic surgeon. All right, and it, it's it's sort of like you're going to all of these things. But attached to that back, attached to that shoulder that you need an operation on, and on top of that foot that's got plantar fasciitis, there's a person who's living a life, and I guess and they're seeking care for those things because it's got to a point where it's impacted their life enough that they've they've got to make some level of change. So I guess one of the one of the little catch cries that we have, not to plug too much, is um, <laughs> plug as much as you please. Oh, but it's like it's uh, better people make better than for us physios but i guess if you're a better person a happier person a healthier healthier person i mean you're living a better life you know and quality of life engagement and getting amongst it um you know straight up the guts you know well, I, th- I think you, you guys are the, the perfect role models for that though because like i said you're just so engaged in living a purpose-driven life and we were talking so much about this before so i want to throw this question at you um and it's more so of a statement but um you know living with intention why do you think it's so important why do you think it's critical to wake up every day with that sense of drive and with that sense of meaning? Well, I think it's so easy, like just to get caught up in the turmoil and the turbulence of life. You know, I think it, it's, it's, it's important to to have some level of direction in which you're heading or some level of, yeah, I guess, I guess the word is intentionality, but some, some purpose around what you're trying to manifest. Right. And that could be as specific as like sort of goals that you have, but I think it's got to be really much structured around like, an ethos, a way of living, um, something that, you know, deeply resonates with you. And I think, I know, you know, I guess blokes like Victor Frank will talk about this thing quite a fair bit and how like, how, you know, searching for meaning, searching for purpose, you know, at the very, very crux of it is, is you know, a, lot, a lot of what us as human beings are sort of, you know, all Absolutely. yearning for, striving for, mm. finding ways to, to get to, I think, because I mean, I mean, if we look at like modern um, depictions of success, right, I know a whole bunch of really, really depressed millionaires. I mean, I was saying, like, it's just like, uh, we, we were sort of fed that in schools, like go to school, work hard, get a good job, earn some money, buy a house, this and that and the other. Um, but there's no, what about, you know, for the fulfillment of your dreams? What about the, what about the things that, you know, get you going? What about the things that add spice, flavor and, and, you know, abundance to your life? You know, it might, it might not necessarily be that. I like the, um, the spice adjective. It is the fall season. So uh, that yeah. pumpkin spice, yeah. pumpkin spice latte in your I life. I saw that post actually. Yeah, you I your, bet. <laughs> you on your, your autumnness. Yep. Yeah. No, but you know what? I think it's it's so true because like we were talking about this before again, like for, for us and for a lot of people listening, it's their faith. That's that that driving force that gives them meaning. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, you described it as like a star, you know, it doesn't matter what that star is, as long as it's making you feel like you're uh, accomplishing something in the world, you know? And, and we talked about that idea of just getting up, coasting by and just not, I, I always go back to the word engaging because it's the only thing I can I can really think of, but it's engaging meaningfully with your life and questioning why as people do we exist? Like, why are we here? What's what's my purpose? Why why do I have a living, breathing body? You know, like, what am I meant to be putting out into the world? Yeah, like you taking your seat at the table. You know, it's it's. Um, I heard something once by a guy named Les Brown. So if you haven't heard about Les Brown, look up Les Brown. Um, but I guess he he sort of gave this story once about you know everyone being born with with destiny, everyone being born with talents and um, things that exist within them that it's almost like incumbent upon them to produce within the world. And the thing is, though, it's like those things have to be engaged with, those things have to be um, nurtured and, and um, cultivated, I guess let's say, um, in, a, in, a, in a way that they can do. So it's almost like you owe it to the world in order to bring those things to the table. 
Because if not, they die with you, and the world is at the end. The world is less because of it. You know what I'm saying? So, I think that's such a good argument towards the people that are like, I don't want to have kids. You know, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to bring them into this terrible world. It's like, but it's such a matter of perspective. It's you know, it's such like, a matter of perspective. what if that that kid is, you know, someone that puts something incredible out? But what if what if that kid is someone special to you? Yeah. You know, what about that's your special little someone? I love that. Know? And like, and, and I guess so. Not only are you denying, say, that potential child of coming into the world and you know, getting it amongst themselves, right? Mm, mm. You're also denying yourself that that wonderful that love. love and that peace, right? Yeah. So I think living with intention is super important, but we both just finished, or you read it a long time ago and kindly gifted it to me, this amazing book called Outliers by um, Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell, right? Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. So if you guys are not listening, Malcolm Gladwell was kind of the guy that popularized um, this idea of like 10,000 hours mm-hmm. um, to mastery pretty much. So it takes 10,000 hours to be what's deemed, you know, a master, whether it's violin playing, physio, mm-hmm. podcast hosting, whatever yeah. it is, you know. Um, but it touches on so much more in the book than just that. First of all, I want to know what your kind of initial thoughts were on success and then having read the book, how that kind of shifted. Well, I guess uh, much like I was describing before, like the, the idea or the success model, right, was something that if you're, if you're a young person, it's, it's highly propagandized within whatever like kind of educational institution you're in, you know. And I, I know that in particular going through university, right, I mean like your, your, your props uh, based on, okay, that person's really, really smart. They must know what they're doing. I'm going to gravitate towards that person. They really got their ball on. They got, they got their hand on the fingers on the pulse when it comes to that textbook and, you know, they're achieving good grades. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but I guess in, in some ways it's, it's, it's part reductionist in, in, in some ways because it, it's geared towards something that do, of course, important and all the rest of that good stuff. But it, it's, it's when you talk, look about the scope of life in general, I guess it's quite, it's quite small. And, um, and I, I guess it almost sort of, sort of that, that mentality almost sort of, sort of when I, when I was sort of thinking about it, like in passing now, it was almost like there was one road and that was it, you know, there was one road and that was it. And one of the things that and at times I was like, okay, well, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. And there'll be times where I'd be able to totally engage with it, but not in like the, the deepest way, one that sort of like resonates with me because it was, um, I almost like saw, because once you get involved in it, you can also see like the negative aspects of it. Okay. Like, you know, like in, not to say that. Like you get the tunnel vision, yeah, you know? Yeah. But it's not to say like things like success and um, delayed gratification and sacrifice aren't good yeah. things, but there are also other aspects of it. Okay. Like, well, how, how much am I willing to tread on someone else in order to achieve said success? Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess, and, and that uh, to me was kind of like, well, why can't we have our cake and eat it too? So to speak, mm. like, yeah, why can't I be successful? And also, like you know, you know, harbor someone else's success, and and in and in doing so, does that make me also successful? Because I've I've helped someone do that, or I've celebrated or championed that person's success. And I mean, and, and I sort of battled with that quite a fair bit. Um, it's funny though when I read that Outliers book, and I think we were talking about it before. There's a one of the things that sort of gripped me with that book was um, this idea of. Uh, we call it like, it was like the, the ice hockey team. Yeah. It was the first, the first note I wrote down. The first thing in the book, I was like, whoa, I have to, I have to jot it down. Yeah. I mean, it's it sort of like, it really blew my mind because I guess um, we talk, I guess in, in that particular chapter, I guess, and I think a lot of what the book sort of talks about, especially in that initial phase mm-hmm. is like the circumstances and the happenstance that, that, that coincides success. So it gave me this completely different tangent when it came to looking at success. And while I guess if you look in the context of the book, it's like in, in that particular example with the hockey team, what they found is that, okay, there was this um, this competition called the Major Junior A 
And the major junior A in Canada is like the, it's like the breeding ground and, and, the, and the funnel that often, you know, gets kids into the system, which then ultimately to the NHL. Which is like top, top tier hockey, like, and especially in Canada, it's, it's the best in the world pretty and, much. And much like any other like sort of sporting code, you know, each of the relative organisations have these things in place to identify kids that are of talent and then they, they, they push them through the system, right? But I guess one of the things that they found is that I guess the cutoff age, I believe, was December 31st. Something like that. Something yeah, like something that, towards right? the end of the year. So that is to say that if you're a kid born January 1, okay, within your cohort of kids, there's also kids that are you know, born on December 31st or December 30th, right? Um, so I guess within that group of kids, you have kids that are close to nearly 12 months older. Than the, the most of the kids being fresh and starting. Exactly yeah. right. So I guess a lot of the kids that were often being selected to go ahead and, you know, you know selected as talented let's just say, right, you know, had, the, um, had the fortune of their date of birth as a, um, as, as a factor, right? Yeah, so as, as of, a physical advantage exactly compared right. to – Because, I mean, know. a lot of the kids that were getting selected, they were born in the months of January, February, March, okay? Very, very seldom were you seeing kids born in September, October, November, you know, because the kids, especially the kids born in November, at 11 months younger, those other kids, right? And so then you've got this, this really severe physical advantage because you've got, you know – Kids that, you know, in, in retrospect may have been identified as, oh, he was a bit bigger for his age. Oh, he was a bit more faster, a bit more athletic, got the game a little bit better. He was also 11 months older than the other kid, you know. And I guess in, in doing so, do you also deny, like, some of that other stuff, you know. So and I know what it did for me is that it definitely sort of broadened my perspective on what success entails. Um, and I think from that, it almost, like it, it, it almost acted as a bit of a reprieve, okay. It's like, yeah, there, there are a lot of – happenstances and circumstances in and around success, okay, which are a little bit more outside of your realm of thinking, and that's okay. And I think that's why so many people struggle with that sense of pride when they come to accomplishment. It's like, I worked so hard for this. All of it was because of the effort that I put in and I lost relationships and it's their way of justifying it. And then you you look at like kind of what, what the book presents and it's like so much of your success is derived from, like you said, just a matter of circumstance and, and luck almost in terms of flow of events. Um, like he talks about Bill Gates and how he was – um, a student at one of the only schools in all of the Northern Hemisphere that had this certain type of computer at the certain age bracket that he was and the parent-teacher, um, you know, group had enough funding to get him more airtime on this computer and that led to this, this, this. And you track it all the way down through the line like the hockey team and it's something like 80% or 90% of players are born between January 1st and March 17th. And you think it's like that can't just be this weird coincidence. There has to be a meaning why. And I think that's why when it comes to my own personal sense of success is it's like, yes, there's these materialistic things I want to accomplish, but so much of it has to do with what I'm feeling, you know, in myself and in my heart. And, and like you said, you know, why can't I have the cake at the same time? Like why, why can't I have the cake at the same time? You know, it's, you know? it's, it's, I don't know. It was, it was such a funny thing. Cause I, I must admit, I probably felt a little bit too. I mean, like, like I said, I was that sporty kid and I guess, and, and you often in, in retrospect, you cannot you know, hindsight, you have 2020 vision most of the time. Um, but you can almost like I can identify those kids too. I guess in, in in the relative rugby league, cricket, golf things, and, and swimming things that I've done in the in the past, and you can sort of see, okay, well, there was something different there, you know. Yeah. Um, and I guess and and I know for myself, like and like so one of the things that I, I really resonate with the idea of like, okay, you know, why can't we do that for others too? You know, I, I why can't I help myself and help others at the same time? And I guess and when I when I look at so people that I engage with, people that I coach, people that I treat. Um, it's one of the things that sort of sit in the back of my mind is like, you know, like you know, how can we put someone else's ducks in a row or help to cultivate those ducks, so to speak, within the environment and the context that they're in that's going to help us produce the success that they want, you know? So it's just it's just a bit of a, 
It's a lateral thought concept. Yeah, of yep. course. And it's, it's one of those things, it's like what you put back into the world, you know, the universe will give back to you. In a lot of ways, right? You know? yeah, 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 I love it so much. Um, I think this is kind of the million dollar question and, and part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show so much is, you know, what what for you is the reason why you're so engaged and, and took that perspective on life and decided to read as many books as you have and, you know, wake up feeling content and, and striving for that sense of happiness? Okay. Um, I know it's a weird question because it's hard to trace down back in your life. You know, I know I I'm not I expecting can, a singular, really, if you have a singular kind of moment, I'd, I'd love that because I know it's quite rare, rare, but it's one of those things I'm fascinated with looking uh, at you. Okay. Uh, it's uh, story time. Okay. I love it. Um, Welcome okay. to a love like this where we share the stories, <laughs> messages and memories. Well, there you go. Bang, there you bang, go. bang. <laughs> I, okay. I'll th- if I, if I sort of go back a little bit and this is by no, by no means a sob story or anything like that. I mean, I was, I was, um, I think, I, and this is, I say this without tooting my own horn a lot, but uh, I was um, I was a pretty talented kid. I mean, I, I guess sports and stuff like that comes, came to me well. Uh, I didn't have to work hard to a lot of my sporting accomplishments. I often found myself in things, right? And, and the same thing happened with my with my academics and stuff. And I think because of a lot of that reason, I'd never worked hard. Like, say, when I was like from like 15 to 21, I didn't work all that hard, only because a lot of things came... Like it was, it was kind of breezy. There was, there, there yeah. was no, there was no incentive to to test myself or to um, perhaps um, extend myself beyond more than I could because a lot of things felt comfortable, right? Um, and I remember once, like I think I was like sort of, um, I was coming to the end of my first degree, so I did a bachelor of exercise and sports science at, at ACU, and I was sort of coming to towards the end of it. And it was at that time, like I was coaxing so much, I'd done well and all the rest of that stuff, but I came to the end of that degree, I was like. Holy crap! I don't. What have I? What have I actually got myself into? Like, what have I, so I've got this degree, I've got this Bachelor of Exercise Sports Science degree. What does that mean? Wow! I don't know. Yeah, there's and nothing, had, no I, marks anymore, no I, assessments. I was like, well, what job can I get? I don't know. Oh, so what I have to do, right? And then I started talking to some more my my peers, and they had already applied for their master's degrees. They had applied for jobs, and they were doing some things, and I had just like done none of it. Like so, I was I was kind of in this in this place where you know my my bravado, my ego, my um, my sense of identity and all these things were just like ripped out from under me, and I just went, "Holy crap, what have I done?" Mm. And it was it was just kind of like this, like, like one of the. It's not, I wouldn't say definitely a low point, but it was some like it was a kick in the butt. Yeah, it's the, um, it's that moment where you feel lo- a little bit lost. And I was like, you know? I've never felt this before. Like, it's like because prior to that, everything was easy. I was that sporty guy, and like I had I had a you know, oh Andy's he's smart, he does sport and all this other stuff, and I was like, and I got a lot of validation out of it. You know, being as being a juvenile, I had a lot of validation for it. And and it was I was in that in that space and I remember like I was I, I was sort of sat and I contemplated it a little bit and I um I end up what ended up happening I guess a couple of months afterwards I end up writing a letter to myself. Mm. Do you still have it? I, I, my mum does. Hang on to it. My mum does and um and I guess it, it was pretty much okay like detailing and I was sort of talking to myself I guess and and I, if I think back in retrospect I was talking to my highest self I guess like I guess I was talking to my potential let's just say. And I wrote a letter to, to that person, and it's funnily enough that 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 person, that entity, or guess or that that future apparition of myself, um, sort of spoke to me through that letter, right? And I guess, and one of the things that sort of stood on out, I guess, is that I wanted to sort of embody the ideals of my grandfather, who I never met, right? My grandfather, he was a leader. He was a um, he was a pastor in my in my mum's village. Um, he was a chief, and um, and he exemplified all of these qualities that I had always like sort of seen within myself, but never exercised. All right, and then so I wrote this letter, and I remember like penning this letter with no intention of where it went, but it just came out on paper like done, and I was like, wow. And I, I remember so I got into, I got into that thing. I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? And then the, I was sort of restored with this 
this level of zeal and I went ahead and that's when I sort of like, like I had the marks and I was uh, sort of doing some rehab work around and trying to do some work with some sport teams because I like sport and all this stuff and that's where the idea of physiotherapy came from and then even in the and then the same thing happened again like I said I was at I was at uni was coaxing along okay like sort of like after the honeymoon stages of that <laughs> and like I was halfway through my degree and I, it, was, it came exam time and I went to this exam period didn't do any work like so relatively speaking and I thought, you know, I could just coax on by. What's one exam? I've fluked exams before. It should be fine, right? And this exam kicked me in the butt. Kicked me in the butt so much that I ended up failing failing part of the course and that ended up putting my university graduation back another year, right? There goes your ego. They're pretty much straight off the bat. And I was like, it was a very, very humbling experience. And it was, and then it was those same questions arose again. What am I going to do? What Like, is it just this physio thing and all, all this other stuff? And I contemplated leaving the profession. I contemplated leaving the degree. Do I just you know, pack it all in and... You know, put an application, do be go to the army, go five brigade, or do something mm. like this. I needed mm. something quick because mm-hmm. like I, I, it was it was quite tumultuous at that time, and I and it was all these other sort of thoughts and feelings and stuff like that going through my head. And not that I went back and read that letter, but I did remember it, and I thought to myself, "What does this actually mean?" And and I, I guess at that stage, I was like, "Man, I got to. It, it's got to be. It's not. It wasn't the fact that okay." someone wrote a really dodgy exam and someone marked me poorly or that lecturer's got it out for me. It was like, it's you, mate. It's, it's all to blame on, on it, yourself. It, it, you, yeah. It's you. Um, so what are you going to do about that? Okay, you've got this sort of in, this um, this idea of the things that you have to offer, but you haven't done anything about it. So what are you going to do? And that's when I guess it was that, it was in that period of my life, sort of from like sort of 21 to maybe 23, where I, I, I discovered things like self-help. I discovered like a number of books and authors and stuff like that. And I discovered a lot of other processes like, you know, expressing gratitude, um, more, I guess, uh, meditation and or I guess a number of other mindfulness practice, which then acted as a, as a gateway to a lot of, I guess, a different way of thinking. Right. And I guess, and it wasn't, it wasn't until then I actually realized that my perceptions on things and my thought processes on things weren't actually there. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I was like, I was very, like, if I think about it, like I had a lot of blessings that I coaxed it on and I, I guess I never really took advantage of. Um, and then I was caught at that point. The pivotal moment that I, that I can remember, though, is that it was I, was, I was doing this meditation practice in my room. Um, it was, I was in the final year of this, of, the, of, this, of this master's degree. And I remember, like, uh, just going through this meditative practice. And the, the person that I wrote about in that letter, funnily enough, like, it sort of manifested to me in, in, in a way. And, the, and this person, I guess, and, and, and usually with a lot of these meditation practices, they talk about, okay, like, you know, focus within, I guess they have these, a lot of internalized cues, right? Yeah. Um, and where a lot of it is you're focusing on yourself. And I remember like sort of I was imagining it, right? And I sort of like opened my eyes and the person in front of me was me, right? But it was me, I guess, with all those, um, all those features that I talked about before exemplified. I guess he, he was my, that was my best self, okay? That's, the, that's my North Star, so to speak. And he sat with me. And I guess no words were spoken. There was nothing like this. And it was um, – and he kind of gave me a look, and I guess, and I, I remember this look because I can see it vividly in my head, and that, and that was the sort, sort of the po- the moment where it's okay, like where the the idea of purpose and the idea of like the why, okay, why are you pursuing this thing, okay, and I guess you know the Pink Floyd album, which one, the one with the prism, I do. the front, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so I guess, and, and that's when sort of the idea of okay, well, instead of me trying to enact my dominion over things, okay how are you then going to act as the prism that reflects and manifests things across the world, which can be 
tangible, usable, practical, and add to things, add value to things, right? And how is I going to, I guess, in, to use the same analogy, how is I going to cleanse, spruce up, make that prison the best thing that I can be? And I guess and the answer that I came up with is that, I guess, well, as far as like, you know, my purpose and why I'm here is that, I guess, I want to try to, I guess, I'll, you know, maybe try is not the word, but it's like, I'm going to help as many people as I can, Okay. And I guess I don't care how, okay? I guess I know, but how am I going to help people using the talents that I've got, okay? I've got a mouth on me. I can talk, all right? All right? I, 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 I enjoy knowledge. I enjoy acquiring knowledges. I enjoy wisdom, all right? Especially from, I guess, a lot of, I guess, getting, gathering it from a lot of other people, condensing it and redistributing it to people, all right? So funny you say that. This interview we did just last week with that Peter Graham asked yeah. me about, he said that the one piece of advice he'd give to his younger self would be to verbalize knowledge um, more efficiently, Exactly that. And, and that was it. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, I have this passion with physiotherapy. I have this passion with sport and all this other stuff. How am I going to like enact that purpose, that intentionality, that why through the vessel, the mechanism of what I'm doing, right? And that's where, because, and that's where I guess my, my love, not necessarily for physiotherapy, but maybe it's more gratitude to the idea of physiotherapy as a means of like enacting that. Um, but that's where I guess the, a lot of purpose in that changed, where I realized that, I wasn't just a guy giving shoulder exercises, right? But I guess you know, like you know, there's a per- like the, like I said, there's a person that I'm dealing with who I have an int- I, I I've been given the opportunity to help, right? And I owe it to myself, and I owe it to that person to do the best damn job that I can, right? Because the ramifications are broader than just their shoulder pain, or just their back pain, or just their hip pain. And then I guess and that forced me to look at things in a very very different way. And I, I, it's probably the thing I guess if I think about it now that saved me um, in that respect. You know, so because I and, and it, it's it's um, allowed me to not only identify as just a physio and physios do physio things and this is what physios do and this is how physios progress, but now, like I said, knowing that it's an aspect of what I do, but I can still live out that same creed. I can still live out that same ethos through anything else. Well, we're just in Starbucks grabbing coffee. Bumped into a guy that you yeah. thought looked familiar. Yeah. You know, a couple of minutes later, it was like you guys were best friends. Yeah. So it's it, it was it was such, it's such a peculiar thing because now it, it's so liberating absolutely know? because i guess if say let's just say for instance if i was to pack it in tomorrow all right okay and what if i became a school teacher right i could do the same thing and be just as fulfilled knowing that i can still i can still fulfill that that idea of you know reciprocity giving back sharing knowledge educating empowering okay by being a teacher i can also do it you know being a coach i can also do it through you know we live in 2021 now i can do it through a digital medium if i want to yeah. i mean the, the possibilities are endless it's not just physio you know, so I guess it's given me this, it's almost like that sort of stuff, right? No, I mean, it dropped me when I, when I was going through it. But I guess it's almost like it's provided a foundation in which now that, okay, well, me at 29 now, I mean, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. Absolutely. And it's something I'm, I'm, I'm extremely great, grateful for. How incredible too, because like imagine if your idea of success, your goal was, I just want to be the best physio, like technically the best you know, physio that exists. I want to win awards for my input into the, into the industry. I want to be, you know, Olympic Level bloody physics. Yeah, you know what I mean? And take the whole just like I'm the best in the in the world at this class. But then if you shift that to I just want to help as many people as I can through whatever medium and platform comes to me, you've reached success the day you decide to do that. And that was it. I mean, it's it's funny you say that because like we was at that moment. That's where that 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 pivotal moment came from. Because it's funny, like that that same like avatar, that same um, I guess depiction of my of my best self still follows me around. It's 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 my it's my judge it's my um, it's my guide it's 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 that gut feeling it's like it's it's almost like my connection with source universe whatever however you want to describe it that's it 
So like, the thing is right now, now it's almost like my compass, my compass is clear. My compass is dialed mm. in. So if I ever tell a half truth, that thing lets me know. It's like, man, you didn't mean that. That's, that doesn't resonate with you. Well, you, you're your own best judge, right? And you know the value of your heart and you know the value of what you want to put into the world. And exactly. the only person you're going to disappoint is, is yourself. I think um, I just finished Green Lights by Matthew mm. McConaughey. And he said that, yeah. yeah, it's really good. But in his, one of his, you know, infamous Oscar speech, he pretty much says that like the, the thing that I'm looking forward to in my life is me in 10 years. And then when I hit that 10 years, it's me in 10 years after that and 10 years after that. And it's always striving to be the absolute pinnacle of who you think you can be, you know? I think it's critical, you know. It's critical that people think like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things because I mean the, the other thing it opens you up to is right. It it, it opens you up to other like-minded people, you know. So that way, not only do you have do you have your um, that that same intentionality, ethos, creed, whatever you want to describe it, or that why, right? Mm-hmm. But you also bump into people that are also on the same journey. Yeah, they might sort of do it in different ways, you know. Um, you know, they're not just physios, they're not just sports people, right? But there are other people in business, there are other people in community, there are other people in charity, there are other people like in education that are all doing these things, right? But they, it's almost it's almost like you're you're part of the rising tide, you know, which is a wonderful place to be. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, totally. I think even even when you think of our relationship, you know, had you just been a physio, we have nothing in common apart from that we like playing golf. Like the, the way and we get that, sweet, yeah, we like video games, we like golf, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that's where that ends, you know, but because you live a meaningful life and because you care so much about people and, you know, putting back into the world, we immediately, you know, wanted to be friends. There's a difference you know? there, right? Off. There's oh. a difference. I mean, there's, it's a different frequency. It's a different resonance, you know? Um, sure is. And I guess in, in but it's, it's powerful, it's tangible, you can feel it, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a wonderful thing, like when you, when you experience it. You know, but I guess the, the the other sort of caveat to that is that you also recognize people that don't. And I guess and that's, and like I said, that's not to sort of speak down on anyone, right? Because, I mean, we all have our own trials and tribulations that we have to go through, right, in order to achieve those things. But I guess, I mean, like it, it puts us, or definitely puts me in an advantageous position because if I can, if I can identify it mm-hmm. and if, you know, if my interaction in some way, like sort of like steers them towards that and I've played, like even if it's like a 1% role in that, I mean, yeah. I've done my job. It's where the humility aspect comes into it. You know, if you buy too much into like with success, but I mean like in the success that we're talking about, if you think the way that I got there is the perfect way to get there, then you're running into trouble. You know, it's what we're talking about before with like the hundred percenters. Um, my dad introduced me to this, this thing from this podcast where like from a Christian perspective, there's a hundred percent Christians and it's, they live for their faith. It's to get as many people to their church as possible. It's to bash as many people with their Bible as they absolutely can. Or it's the self-help guru who's selling you on courses because that made him successful and it's going to make you rich. You know, you're buying into that sense of pride. Whereas if you're a 30 percenter, you know, you're content in what you've accomplished through your efforts and through what you know, but then you use the rest to live a real life, like a life that's giving back, you know, that's where the real it's 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 a it's a powerful thing, man. Because I it a lot of that what you're talking about just now sort of makes me think about like context and perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I never want to be able to. I don't want to be the guy that loves the smell of my own farts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to, to put it that way, you know. So I guess like, it's, oh gosh, you know, I, I don't want to be breathing that in, you know. Because the thing is, right? <laughs> Good analogy. I'm going to steal that one day. Yeah, feel free. Put on the shirt. <laughs> merch, merch, merch. Um, but the the idea with that is okay. Like I I have to be open to the idea that I'm wrong. Yeah. I have to. I mean, because I mean, because if I don't, I mean, and if I stop learning, I've, I'm, I'm not. I'm not winning. Oh, yeah, so if, if the thing is like, if I, because the, the thing is right, and and I'm fortunate now because I'm in I'm in amongst a, a, lot, a lot of people now, who who I can challenge my ideas with. It's like it's like if I was a boxer man, I'm going, I'm sparring with people, right? I'm I'm sparring with my ideas, right? And if I put out an idea and someone slips it and punches me in the face, you know, metaphorically speaking, right? I've got to learn from that. 
you know, otherwise I'm going to keep getting punched in the face. Right? I can't get it. I can't ignore getting punched in the face in that respect. You know, so I guess in I think for me it's it's like being able to separate you know, when you look in that perspective, it's separating the idea of truth and fact. Yeah. You know, because I mean we all have our truths. Mm-hmm. You know, things that we hold dear and I guess and we covet and we we, we with all. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess it's like with, protectiveness, with, you know, it's, it's where you put your identity exactly in a lot of right. cases, you know, so mm. I guess, and, you know, and people can attack, if they attack those things or, you know, challenge those things, they're challenging you. They're not challenging your ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, you know, the fact that, you know, having that, that, I mean, Socrates calls it a daemon, like that, that thing that, that, that super ego that would always sort of speak to him, you know, having that and being able to like, sort of like separate yourself from those things is incredibly liberating. Absolutely. You know, and I guess, and um, yeah, very, very powerful. I think it's really hard though for some people to get to that point because like take faith, for example, you know, faith is just such a transformative thing. And for most people who found um, or who find a really strong connection with their faith have obviously gone through some form of turmoil, you know? And so it's, I, I heard this beautiful thing the other day and it's like trying to get someone or explain faith to someone is like trying to share the experience of listening to your all time favorite song for the first time. It's like, you, it gave you goosebumps. You loved it. It was music to your ears. It filled your heart and your soul with joy. And then I look at you and I say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to hum you a song right now. And I want you to experience the exact same thing that I just experienced, you know, and it's really difficult, but if you put your identity so wholeheartedly into something, you're pretty much shutting off the ability for other people to, to gain access to that. But if you're open to critique and you're open for discussion about it and you can say, you know, make these compromises on things, you immediately open this world of possibility of growth and of gratitude and humility and connection with other people, you know, it's really hard to find a balance. Iron sharpens iron. Yeah, it sure does. So Mr. Pedrano, you mentioned meditation, all these yes. different things, health, fitness. Um, what are some of the biggest or most important habits that you think people should adopt? It's broad. It's broad. But I guess um, if I if I write down all the, I guess, benefits of exercise, right, and no one can defu- give a refute me on this, right, mm-hmm. the list of benefits of exercise, it's as long as my arm, that yeah. list, right? If you could put it into into a pill, every doctor would prescribe it. Exercise is good for you. Go out and get some. Yeah. All right. How you get it? Totally up to you, man. You might do a CrossFit cast. If you want to go for a hike in the woods, if you want to go for a walk around the block, I don't care. Mm-hmm. All right. Go do some, do something. And I guess in the journaling idea is probably that it's, I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if it's a contentious one because some people do it better than others, but I think, you know, committing your thoughts to paper. There's definitely different ways to do it. I know like my sisters in particular love writing pages and pages and pages. For me, I do this thing called homework for life. I write down the most story worthy moment of my day. You know, it's, it's, it's however you want to do it, but it's important because like, even from a psychological perspective, our brains aren't good at remembering things. They're terrible at it. They're really good at processing and making decisions, but they're terrible at recalling information and memories. And by putting that on paper, you're materializing your thoughts pretty much. So it's like, say you wake up, like you had that day. I had this incredible meditation. Um, you know, I saw my, my potential, my future self. If you didn't write that letter, you know, at, at that time, it's like, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. It, it gets really, forgotten. It does. Exactly it drifts right. away. It's a, it's another way of clearing the cash. I mean, so to speak, I mean, like it's because I'm, I'm sure like everyone's experienced times in their life where, you know, thoughts are hard. Like, I mean, like stuff is crazy. And I guess, and I guess in amongst that, there's a, there's a tempest and there's a tornado of potentially negativity. I guess I, I often feel like the mind is skewed that way. And I guess, Speaking to some of my evolutionary biologist friends, I guess that I guess that, that it's a protective mechanism that's sort of geared geared within like the, um, the human brain and stuff. And I guess yeah, and for that reason, I guess if we're skewed to the negative, if we're skewed to survive, you know, we have to work hard to thrive. You know, there, there's a difference there. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. Exactly right. David Foster Wallace, this mm-hmm. is water. If you don't choose to actively engage in changing your mindset and changing the way you perceive the world, then 
going to be stuck in the routine, stuck mm, in the automatic mm, setting. Exactly know? right. Stuck in the rat race. Amazing. Well, um, Andy, I'm going to ask you a final question. If that's okay. And I think it's going to suit you so magnificently. But um, every episode we ask our guests, if you are sitting at a table just like this, across from your future self or your younger self for our older guests, you know, what advice would you give them? So I'm actually going to give you both options in this case, because you're in this middle ground. If you're sitting across from that manifestation of your future self, you know, what, what advice would you tell them or what would you want them to know? But then also, if you were looking back at your first year uni self, what would you tell them? Pull your head in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. <laughs> Done. No, I guess, um, how can I describe it? How can I describe it? Like, I don't want to, I, I, it wouldn't be like any, Mm. I, I love it because it, yeah, got to think about it. If I, if I if I can drill it down, it's like it's all okay. I, I guess I know that, that might sound super cliche or anything else, but like it's all good. It's all good. I mean, like, I I've spent my life sort of making mountains out of molehills. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's all good. I guess it's, so long as like there was a there was a very very interesting saying that I heard once is that if you keep your eyes towards the sunshine, the shadows fall behind you. You know, and I guess it, it's, so long as you do that, regardless of what, whatever happens, like, come hell or high water. It's all good. I love it, man. Well, I appreciate you so much for taking the time. Man, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Now, I don't mean to toot Andy's horn too hard. I think what I love most about this episode and Andy in general is just how relatable and simple he keeps things. I mean, we really need to ask ourselves, are we someone who likes to smell our own farts? So what did we learn? Success shouldn't always just be attributed to your hard work. That's how you get lost in pride. Always try to help as many people as you can by whatever means you can. And lastly, let go. No matter what happens in life, it's all good. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Neighborhood Series. We'll catch you guys next Saturday. Peace out.